Russell Brand. Rock and roll. Radio that's branded for trouble. 100% fire brand. Russell Brand on TalkSport. Hello, you're listening to Russell Brand. We are on TalkSport, or possibly you're listening to us as a podcast. That is your lookout. Irrefutably and unchangeably, regardless of the conditions of your listening, I am here with Matt Morgan. Hello, Matt. Hello, Russell. Are you enjoying this experience so far? We've been touring the country, promoting Bookie Wook 2 and making these podcasts. How have you found it? Because the last radio show we did, obviously, ended difficultly. Did it? Well, yeah. Oh, no, don't worry. You don't need to know anything. I'm protecting <laughs> him from the truth. You'll go to your grave thinking I'm the best broadcaster in history. Um, no, I've been having fun. Yeah, it's good. It's nice to Get back in the old it? swing of it. Yeah, we're back in the swing of it. We are now currently backstage in Newcastle at the Journal Tyne Theatre, I believe right, is correct. where we are. It's the Tyne Theatre, sponsored by the Journal, which is the local paper. The Journal. The yeah. Newcastle Journal. It's as simple as that. It's steeped in history, Matt, this building. Scary history. We've, like, for a start, there was a, a young actor who was killed on the stage a hundred years ago when, during a performance, they were creating the sound of a thunderstorm, and they did that. How, you know, right, special effects. Makes sense, does it? How are we going to create the uh, sound effects of a thunderstorm? Oh, what if we, like, went... No, why don't we fire a cannon? That couldn't possibly kill one of the actors. One yeah. of the actors has been cannonballed and, to but death. But with a cannonball, so that means they put a cannonball in it. Yeah, and but couldn't they have put like a beach be, ball in it? It doesn't make sense. They could have used something more... He was murdered. That man was cannon... What a way to go as well. What an elaborate, stupid, Beano-style murder yeah. to be shot by a cannonball. Off stage. Ah, what weather this is! <laughs> <laughs> I say, the sky looks most bruised and purple. Was that a thunderstorm? I said, was that a thunderstorm? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the typical reaction to a thunderstorm, George has flown across the stage headless. <laughs> but the show must go on. It's, it's a bit slippery up here now. <laughs> George, line. George, it's your line. <laughs> George, let's no mind incoherently gurgling up blood. Your line is, I would like to meet your daughter, sir. You'll find me gentle even in these weather conditions. What's wrong with you, George? <laughs> Imagine the reviews that night. It was racing. Was <laughs> His first half performance was impeccable. In the second half, he was lackadaisical. Couldn't even be bothered to have a head. <laughs> I've seen actors before refusing to wear the correct costume or makeup, but to reject a head entirely seems very, very lazy. So, what's the name of this theatre, please, Peter? The Journal Time Theatre. The, the Journal, which is the local newspaper. The Journal. They sponsored it. Time Theatre is really the proper name. The uh, Journal Time Theatre. It's an absolutely gorgeous venue. What is it, Victorian? Yes. Is there... 1867 it was built. Peter, is there... Now, I have heard Hmm? tell of a ghostly apparition. Uh, Supposedly. I've never seen it, but supposedly it was somebody killed by a cannonball that was doing a thunder roll, making the noise of thunder backstage. Yes. He was killed by a cannonball. A cannonball falling from the fly floor. To make the sound of a thunder yeah, roll. That's the way you used to do sound cannonball. Yeah. More dangerous than thunder. <laughs> yes. Right. We need to achieve <laughs> the effect of a drop of blood. Go and cut someone's throat. <laughs> I feel very optimistic about this. I feel good. Do, I feel good in this space. Can you? I'd smell like to the grease paint. You literally smell something, can't you? Grease paint. That is, or perhaps it's to do with the elephant man, because I reckon in Why like. Why he never came here? Of course he would have. Elephant man. Was he from man. Newcastle? 
he toured the world or the country, Elephant Man, in well, Victorian yeah. days. And like, when you Even read the, the band, no, yeah, he did. He fought through it. Um, but the thing was, if you read the Elephant Man book, it's much less like the film where it's a sentimental fairy tale, a Lynchian sentimental fairy tale, yeah. much more just like a bloke got, oh, bloody hell, it's a pain in it, I've got to get to work. Got to be sizing my head. <laughs> <laughs> what was I drinking last night? I've got a thick head. It's much more like the practical so problems. So they added all the sadness to it. A lot Maybe of the sadness. a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> I, think, I, mean, in a literal, I mean, yeah, because like that, and the guy in the film that's most mean to him bites, like he was his sort of uh, the organ grinder to Elephant Man's Monkey. Who was uh, that? Um, not Michael Elphick. No, no, he was like the one that he's losing at the beginning. He goes, and he's all a bit sort of turned on How by Elephant Man. He goes, oh, well, you're going to do a show. My creature, my beautiful <laughs> okay. creature. He's all sort of a bit turned on by him. Well, in real life, apparently, he was much more just like his business partner. It was like, right. come on, Elephant Man, mate. We've got to get down there. Like they were just the two guys bumbling through life. A bit like you and me, really. Oh. Which one of us is Elephant Man? Me, probably, <laughs> because like that's what you say when we were at, like, remember when we first got famous, you go, oh god, we can't go there, we've got Elephant Man with us. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, mister, mister, give us your autograph, yeah, why is your head so big? In your book it says that I uh, would be doffing my cap in a symphony of beggary or something <laughs> stupid. Symphony of sycophancy, I think yeah, I said. Yeah, sympathy. Yeah, no. but that's because when I was writing, when I was in the, um, the Transcendental Meditation Centre, which is a place I go, I, I um, like, sort of like, I was... M- like Why just have a centre for it? That's not very transcendental. Yeah, it's not transcended <laughs> even the basic requirement for centres. <laughs> Look, oh, and the word centre. We've got to get a centre! It's not a very spiritual word, is it? It's like <laughs> Multiplex. <laughs> okay, welcome to the, mul- uh, the Transcendental <laughs> Meditation <laughs> Conference Centre. <laughs> um, well, because why I've said that anyway is because like they did these like treatments where they sort of all tipped hot oil on me and that not piping hot, it wasn't cruel. It was just like sesame oil. Horrible stuff though, Matt. They do that. It's meant to be they tip it on like where your third eye oh, your is. Third, your chakra. Your chakra. which is your third eye for the My immature third eye's wide you. open. Why are you saying <laughs> that? It's just because you're so close. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Who says this to you? Because I had Reiki and the woman said Oh your third eye's my, wide open. My chakra on my chest is closed. Mm. And the one on my head's flapping open. Like, like a trapdoor spider. <laughs> flapping about, a great big open <laughs> third eye. Yeah. I reckon that what she meant was, is that you had taken this, the Reiki treatment to be sexual and had relaxed your bum too <laughs> your much. Your third eye's out. Um, your third eye's open <laughs> and your trouser snake's saluting. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't think that's a good thing. I'm not well, boasting I mean about it. I'd like to see what she's got to say about she's my third spider. Um, another country. What one? We can get flown here. I can't remember where I was. I was on holiday. God, you want to keep your normal eyes open. Again with them. Your first and second eye aren't even paying attention. <laughs> the third eye, flapping about. <laughs> like a big Rover's biscuit too. But right, your so actual eyes aren't working. Oh, yeah. So my eyes. They leave those for a while. Bloody lovely peepers that they are. <laughs> well, I, what the problem was, Matthew, is like I was there amidst this like Fairfield, Iowa. There were beautiful deer and it was a snow-strewn scene. Very beautiful, picturesque. And, like, and I thought instead of like, and you think a person like just from Essex would be grateful for such treatment but instead of that I was just like fucking hell this treatment's not good enough I didn't like the it snow's too cold deer's <laughs> <laughs> done a shit <laughs> that deer just farted get it out with the deer and I, I knew that if you were there you'd have been oh is it okay oh, if I stay do you mind if I touch that man's hem mm. uh, but like, and like you know we've always been grateful that's what, which is that's actually what people call politeness I don't like it as a weakness <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you said please you frail <laughs> feeble as a weed get out get out of my sight <laughs> <laughs> I've always regarded politeness as a kind of flaw in a man. 
They did in the past. Did they? Politeness yeah. was good. Oh yeah, I love that British thing. British Empire striding around, never speak their language, never say excuse me, never say please, just stride about, and then they'll think he must be pretty important if so he's that doing was that. Like the guidebook for like if you're going to be like a Raj or something, you're yeah. going over to India. They say right, well done, you've got the job of being yeah. the Viscount of India. You have to act like a god. If you spoke their language, they go. Hang on, he's not even as good as this, uh, this uh, as us. Yeah, so like, if you were going to be a colonialist, you'd like there'd be a bit where they call you into a meeting and go, right now, look here, you've yeah. got this job. Don't start barging people. Aside. Those things that flick flies off them. Yeah, they you just had to flick at the natives <laughs> if you want. Yeah, they did. You just like you can't show them any sympathy or compassion. No, you have to stride about. I mean, if you don't know the way, I love that attitude. Like, if you don't know the way, just barge through. <laughs> it's through here. <laughs> as you fall off a no, cliff. No, Mr. No, sir, <laughs> sir, you're going the wrong way. Quiet! It's a mill step. <laughs> <laughs> a cliff, you call it. In England, this wouldn't register as a staircase. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You've got to be careful these days, though. If oh you're God, trying yeah. to take over a country, argy-barging about, people don't stand for it. No, you can't just stride in. Having said that, when I was in India, I went quite colonial. Uh, mostly the manifestations of that were I'd hold my, I'd clasp my hands behind my back, like Prince Charles, when I was walking around. And when, like, say, so the hotel manager come to meet me, I'd go, oh, hello, as if I was, like, a diplomat. Ah, oh, jolly good, hello. As if you were a diplomat. Mm. Mm. Is that not how a diplomat would be? It's a bit silly. <laughs> you were actually a twat. <laughs> you no, it was you, very diplomatic. You had your hands clasped behind your back. Yeah. Like, I'm Prince Charles. I arrived at the hotel. You're not Prince Charles. No, in this I am. Right? <laughs> in this, that was your life. <laughs> this thing of my life. You, uh, boy, come here. <laughs> this food. Never so spicy. <laughs> to hide the rotten meat. <laughs> What's your <laughs> trick, Sonny Jim? You've made your match with me. You'll feel the swish on your thigh before you're much older. <laughs> now, fetch me a fried egg. I'm not eating this. Did you go Raj? That's, not, that's probably politically incorrect. I, I think. don't think I was being. I hope that it wasn't impolite, but I wanted to. Like I felt that. But the sedan chair was a little much. <laughs> they had it there. <laughs> Admittedly, it was behind a glass case in a museum. <laughs> but I smashed in. I said, "This is an emergency. <laughs> now bring out the sedan chair." Um, I th what I thought I was doing is I was responding in kind, you know, because they was treating me like I was a Raj, so right. I got a bit Raj. Was that because you're famous, so they knew that, or do you think they treat? Would they treat me like? It? I think anyone who's going to these they're posh hotels. If you're going to this posh hotel, you're getting the right. work. Okay. You know, and what about when you walk in the street? Oh, they spat on me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was nothing out there. There's people doing blow-offs <laughs> in my in my Brushing path. veg off your shoulder. I saw a bloke in India, Matt. Naked in the street, he was. Mm. I realised it was a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was naked. He had nothing. I thought, what's this? This bloke's well, truly. in a religious way. No, like he'd lost. Was he, <laughs> <laughs> he was naked in the street. He had no possessions or clothes or anything, and he didn't look that well. Like right. he looked like he didn't really know what was going on. And what was the sex like? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson. <laughs> now my girlfriend was furious. Did you try and help him? You there. Oh, dear. Oh, little chicky winkles out. Let him lift. Tell me your dress. I'll lead you there by it. <laughs> you dirty little man. I am an Englishman. Place your chicky winkles in my pants. Standards have slipped. <laughs> you said you wanted to land the country yourself. And this fellow is as new to the day he was born. What's your name? Come along. That's <laughs> good. That can all go on the radio. Russell Brand on Talk Sport. Also, Matt, you uh, noticed an image in the corridors, as is often the case in theatres. There's images, photographs, portraits of performers that have uh, played here in the past. Uh, one man particularly caught our eye. George Wood, I believe his name is. I he don't know if he's a man. 
No, he's a peculiar entity, George Wood. We've taken a photograph. You can go to the Oops. website now and have a look at George Wood. Um, it's a <laughs> he's got little thin arms that he's sort of contorted into a sort of... You know when they put their hand under their chin? Yeah, to rest your hand. Some boop, weird boop, boop, contortion going on. Yeah, like a little balsa wood arm George Wood yeah, has there, like a, doesn't like he? like a ventriloquist dummy's arm. He's the something of the Kenneth Williams about George oh, Wood. definitely. But like he seems very camp. And what was his inscription, Matt, that he'd put kind on? Kind thoughts. Kind thoughts, George Wood. I did a kind <laughs> thought. In the picture he looks like he's having malevolent thoughts. He does not, like, if you look at the image of George Wood, this cold figure from the past staring at us from beyond the grave, he don't look like he's having a kind thought. He looks like he's conjuring oh, up. George, that's the name it's you the just gave the ghost! For either I was influenced by the knowledge that this item was coming up, or he is the ghost! Oh, you the magic for me. No, there's no magic bin room, mate. There never was any magic. The old thing's always been a bit rubbish. Mr G is, of course, with us, the poet laureate of the show. Hello, G. How you doing? Very well, thanks, mate. Looking forward to the live performance tonight. Oh, very much so, man. So, um, Newcastle is always a good, good time. It is. I've already done a book signing earlier today, How and I must say, it was a very high quality of birds. Oh, really? Yeah, they are good looking in really? Newcastle. Really, smashing birds, I'd have to say. What about this um, girl yesterday who came when we were in Edinburgh? She came dressed as a you, but female. I was really frightened by that, mate. I'd oh, I thought you'd be into that. No, well, a little bit. I mean, what do you mean? Did she have a beard? She painted on a beard with an eyebrow pencil, and she had boobs that looked like they were fake boobs. So it was very, li like, it's as if could I had have made been the decision. You. Exactly. It could have been you, come back from the future. I don't have the boob job. <laughs> I am the ghost of boob job future. Don't do it. Don't do it. They ache once a month. <laughs> I've got a terrible back problem now. I can't tell if people like me for me. Uh, well, she, she wasn't attractive. I heard she no, was attractive, was, well, which is worrying from some of the team. They were going, oh, she was lovely. I think Who they've got from? Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> they start to identify with their captors. Oh, Stockholm Russell, but with tits. Oh, it's Russell with a yeah, pair of bumpers. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I found it unnerving and uncanny, Matt. Imagine staring at a version of yourself, but suddenly you've got boobs and a lady part. How would you contend with such What's an issue? No, mm. you couldn't see that. She didn't make a, an issue of it, but it was clearly there. She had with her her daughter. I don't understand. Who was about drawing. 20. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I don't understand the drawing on of a beard. Like, if you want to do a, fem a, like, a feminine you, then mm. be a girl. Was she, a, was she as you, or was she a girl you? She, that's it. It's a, the brief, the design brief was not clear, because right. she was me with a beard girl me, but girl me wouldn't have a beard. Did you, Why would girl me have a beard? Did you uh, critique her in that way? Uh, the design brief here. You haven't <laughs> thought it through. Now, when you create a brand, as I <laughs> make sure the brand is consistent. We are here in Newcastle. Let's do some local news stories, Matt, to situate ourselves properly into okay. our location. Let's do the papers. This is the sort of thing that you can expect to happen in your area if you're from Newcastle. A couple handed over £650 for a laptop computer. <laughs> <laughs> Only to discover they'd been given a bag of potatoes and cardboard instead, police said. The victim said they were approached by a man who offered to sell them the computer. They're still calling it a computer, <laughs> even after they've done it, revealing it's some cardboard as well. I tell you what, this computer, it's cracking if you want some chips or something. But when I'm trying to go on Facebook, it's no fun at all. for my old school looks like a potato. I tell you what, I wish I'd not gone on Friends Reunited, because literally all me mates are now potatoes. <laughs> I don't see the point in this Twitter, because all anyone says to me is like eyes, roots and skin. 
why, is it, why would you... The thing I suppose that's amusing about this story is that uh, a bag of potatoes in no way resembles no. a laptop computer. No. I mean, if it was like an old Encyclopedia Britannica lacquered in... In a, in a laptop case. Yeah. Like a book in a laptop case. It's got the weight, it's got the general feel, it's an approximation of a laptop computer. <laughs> yeah. But a bag of, like, I can't imagine a bag of potatoes like being used as a parody or a facsimile of anything other. No. Like, what else could that be? Only, the a only big thing bag of gold bullion. No, it's like if you, yeah. <laughs> no, if you, um, you know when they put a, b a person in a bed in a prison? Yeah. They use a bag of potatoes and like, <laughs> make some sort of head. Yeah, yeah. so someone has seen that going, that hold on work. a minute, a bag of potatoes can be anything else. Be it a prisoner, a laptop, Sir, I sell you the Eiffel Tower, and you are welcome to take it back to America. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Well, is this not a bag of potatoes? <laughs> Who knows? Just put water on it when you get there, and it'll grow. <laughs> it'll grow, it'll grow there, a chuba. That, that's a bit worrying, isn't it? It's a bit worrying. How many, what, a big, like, a, they took it home on their back, like a sack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't even wireless. Oh, they plug them roots into the wall. Oh, that's weird. That's a mental which one there too? Oh, also, if you buy a laptop in the street, they're generally stolen. So it, they had to go to the police and say, this man came up to us and said, do you want to buy a laptop? <laughs> yes. Okay, good And then so he gave far. us these potatoes. Right. We were expecting a stolen laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a way, it's a victimless crime. Those people were justly punished for trying... Yeah, because when you say, I want a laptop computer, you should not you be buying that on a pavement. Just walk around the streets until one of those people who's just stolen a laptop comes and says, do you want my laptop, mate? Oh, yes. How oh, lucky speakers. that we've run into you because I'm looking for a, a laptop. <laughs> I'm in the market for one. <laughs> oh, King Edward, I'll have one. I was on my way to the shopping centre to the Apple Mac shop, but you, a shifty, suspicious, dare I say it, rat-like man, <laughs> seem like a very kind of fellow. <laughs> Running a greengrocer's. Oh. <laughs> Also, I've got a flat screen TV. Oh, it looks a bit like a pumpkin. <laughs> under this bag of carrots? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's in the carrot bag. <laughs> and here is a corridor into the future. Don't be fooled by its courgette-like appearance. Once you step into the time tunnel, you'll be in a glorious new world. Other news in the area that we're in includes Tenant's House Revenge. This is either... Uh, Doctor Who is angry about someone else being in his TARDIS. Because he's called Ten. He's called Ten. Yeah, but he wants revenge against the new one, the thin one. He wants revenge against him for being in his house. Well, he might do. According in to this house. headline, the TARDIS, mate. The That's TARDIS. You retardis. <laughs> <laughs> what? The TARDIS oh. was a time machine. Yeah, but where's he sleep though? In it. It's like a house. That's not a house. Well, if you sleep in it, it's a house, mate. No, it's not. Isn't it? A or train you can sleep on. Yeah, but you wouldn't go there every night and try and travel through time. Look, you can't win this argument, but I've been thinking about this since university. <laughs> Tenant's house revenge. A tenant destroyed a £2,000 central heating system to take revenge on his landlords for allegedly not repairing his home, a court heard yesterday. Stephen Keith Bryden, 32, admitted criminal damage and attempted theft when he appeared at Bishop Auckland Magistrate Court. Officers found Bryden and another man inside among piles of copper pipes. <laughs> Several radiators had been stacked in the living room and the boiler had been removed. The kitchen sink had been pulled out and Bryden admitted he planned to sell the copper for scrap. Bryden also told officers he wanted to smash the place up. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you tell the police that? Something I was going to do, but I haven't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> All 
also, I sometimes I look at terrible things on the internet. Here, have a look at my history. <laughs> Sir, that is a bag of potatoes. <laughs> I know, I know. That one's bloody young. It's a new potato. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the police. You're going to smash the place up. must have broken down and just told them everything. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here amidst the pipes. <laughs> I'm a, you may as well know all of my plans. You know that um, copper's worth loads of money now because of it's used in all sort of uh, technology stuff computers and whatnot Ooh. it's worth loads of money so people it's worth stealing copper from old new houses. king edward laptop <laughs> with <laughs> copper infusion <laughs> wow so it's worth That's, stealing yeah. copper pipes now. yeah it's gone up in price i like to say copper pipes copper pipes copper, copper pipes because it makes me think of the the sort of general rhythm of take a chance take a chance take a take a, take a chance copper pipes copper pipes copper pipe pipes Don't ever become a plumber i shan't i, I think it'd be rather <laughs> irritating <laughs> i tell you what i get to say cock copper pipes what? <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> oh god thanks for copper that. pipes <laughs> i hope that pheasant plucker doesn't turn up <laughs> Matt, do you mind if I eat a bit of this potato? Or do as I call fill? it, an apple, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. It smells, actually. The sooner it's gone, the better. <laughs> well, there'll still be some residual aroma, even after it's gone. It's just I'm very peckish. You, did you notice that I've given a young boy a job? Yes, I did. And you, I like the way you don't know his name, but you call him that boy who's working for nothing. Where's and boy working for as nothing? as soon as he starts, you're angry with him. I'm furious. Where's that boy who's working for nothing? <laughs> you don't get paid nothing around here if you just do nothing. Hey, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. You don't pay no nothing, you get something. That's what I always used to say to me just now. I gave that lad a job, a book signing, and uh, he came up to me. He asked for an autograph on a bookie book, too. Right. I gave that, and he gave me his card and he said, Look, if you ever need anyone to do Who has work a card who works for nothing? Yeah, how's he getting? Where's that, he? That he's got one card, and he made it himself. He's got and enormous then he overheads. He's given me his card, and. It was a gorgeous looking object, beautiful gold leaf all around it, filigree, I think they call it in the theatre manufacture game. Yeah. Pass it over, goes, got any jobs? I said, mate, and I like to think, if this person becomes a world-class producer, this would be a good anecdote, because I goes, you can have a job right now. You get paid nothing, and you come down to the theatre in Newcastle and just do whatever Gareth Roy, the producer of the show, tells you. He was keen as mustard, the lad. He was all over it. Do you think this lad might have a bright future? Or do you think he's going to turn out, ultimately, to be a bloody nuisance? Once you've said, like, that thing you signed probably wasn't your book. It was some sort of agreement. Oh you've no. employed him, right? Oh, no. He's going to take you to court. I've handed over the entire sexual industry. Harassment. And I did sexually harass him. Just now, when he gave me this laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I was all over him. Well, anyway. How I old is he? I think I'd guess that he's 19, what judging from the weight of his balls. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, that, you know that lad, um, James, the new lad? Yeah. Um, I just, did you see yes, that? Yes, I saw your awkward social faux pas. What happened, Matt? Try and help me to understand myself. Well, we walked across the stage. James, who we've known for, what, two days? Two days now, at Max. I think I met him yesterday. He's, he's a... Handsome boy? Yes, that's fair to say. <laughs> also, he's... Slightly camp, can we say that? I would say he's camp, but at this stage we don't know any, what, if that indicates anything at all. But no. he certainly, I would say, is camp, but then I am camp. You are. Mine camp, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you uh, made... Well, it was pretty weird. You walked across the stage and yeah. just went, James, you've got a nice body. <laughs> Go! Walked away. I don't no know why I said it. Did I say it in a way that it seemed like it was the right thing to say or the wrong thing? No, it was the wrong thing. You be, I be James. You said it like came out like a sneeze. 
<laughs> I sneezed you didn't go. a compliment James. at him. James. You've got a nice body. You went, James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Bobby. laughs> I love <laughs> And then you strutted off. Yeah. Like you just, it left, everyone sort of went, uh oh. Why did I tell James he had off. a nice body? I don't know. But did you say body or body? I said <laughs> body, but I meant body. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say it? What do you think is going to happen? I think. Because um, I, I noticed when he came in, like matter. a bit later, his body language was all straight. Oh, it was beautiful, his body, but his body language was strange. He put like an arm up as if he was touching his hair, but really he was creating an arm shield between me and his gorgeous body. He didn't put his arm up like that. He was just sort of touching his hair to create an arm shield, Max. do. What have you done to him? I've made him the best damn pugilist Newcastle's ever seen. Uh, now, no, I think he'll be all right. And uh, what's this letter written on some boobs there, Matthew, that we've uh, got? Well, shall I read it? Dear lovely Russell, could you say hello to my daughters and friends? They would be stoked, gobsmacked, as they don't know I've sent this, in brackets. I thought you'd like and think this was funny. Their names are Kate, Becky, Gavin, Catherine, Maureen, and me, Sheila. If you can't, we'll still love you. Brilliant. Breast wishes. Breast wishes, because it's written on some breasts, remember. To you and Katie on your forthcoming wedding. Good luck for tonight, Sheila. And she's drawn a little smiley face in the... Crook of the S of Sheila. I noticed there. that there's one bit you turned the boobs inside out and made them look like some peculiar malformed boobs. Yes, I find it easier to cope. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier for us all when those boobs are inverted, I think. There we go. Battered old I'm plate of booby. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just a silly letter. Top of elephant man's head. Very much so. Now, Matt, when uh, earlier it said, it said to say hello to my daughters, and I was looking at the boobs, and I sort of thought of the boobs as daughters, and it made me feel very pleased. I don't like, think if yeah, a wench went, would you like to see my daughters, my lord? Would you like to tug on me daughters? <laughs> my daughters <laughs> do grow heavy for thee. I don't think that works, calling them daughters. Why, mate? You could call them the sisters. Here, perhaps you'd like to visit the sisters, <laughs> my lord. Their sisters do writing with the May springtime buds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hard. <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe daughters. Daughters. I mean, yeah. it's got to be a feminine word. You wouldn't call them the boys, would you? Oh, well, actually, I used to. I've had girlfriends with big boobs before. And what do you call them, the and boys? Let's have a look at the boys. Get the boys out. And why aren't they your girlfriend anymore? They said something about sexism, <laughs> lack of sensitivity, and bully boy antics. Uh, but I'll go, yeah, but once it was a Spanish girl, she go, my love, they are not boys, they are girls. And I liked that. That's very nice. Big mouth, big hair, big brand radio. Um, okay, so Matthew, what's that you're rifling through? Um, fan mail that you've received at the theatre. It's, it's some of the p most polite stuff ever. Oh, it's, uh, I again, love to mention Elephant Man, because we've spoken about him a bit. It's, I love Elephant Man. It's so nice. Really polite, is it? Yeah. Read it out. Yes, sure, oh, madam. <laughs> Oh. Don't know if they're, they're Why would I say this or a You're not quite sure what you are. I don't know what you are, but it's I want your autograph. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> madam. Whatever it is, it's none of my <laughs> business. What you've got in your gusset? Kind <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I'm writing to you from Victorian Britain. I don't please. know. Mm -hmm. Please, could I request for Russell Brand autograph, please? Oh, and then the other one. <laughs> for Russell Brand autograph, please. Yeah, this one says. Too many pleases. How is this Please. polite lunatic? Look, that's written in children's writing. Yep, yep, right. that's children's writing. That's all right. the fan base. I see the signs of a child's hand there. Right, so there was two pleases in one sentence in that letter. Listen that's to this. Please, could Russell Brand please sign this postcard, please? <laughs> oh. oh. Matthew, I'd like you We've to do that. 
tear up those letters <laughs> and we and poo all over them. Then why don't you just write no on them and send them <laughs> to their addresses? Absolutely not. <laughs> How dare you? No, what an intrusion. You've got to do those. All right, I will. But then they don't know each other. They're different types of postcard. It's very odd. They're different Maybe people. people in Newcastle just say please a lot. They're very, very polite. I suppose they're just grateful not to be being sold a sack of spuds for a computer. Yeah. Questions we've been tweeted in our new item, Tweeted Talk Sport Questions. Okay. <laughs> um, the first question, there's no name, unless their name's LOL, but I think that's laugh out loud. No, at the beginning, doesn't it say at Kukapakakaka or no, something? No, that's the Twitter questions. Ah, this is this just a question. This just come in from somewhere with this. Just marched in with a request. How do you think we can combat inactivity and obesity amongst school ages children? LOL. <laughs> well, laughing out loud is not going to help <laughs> these tubby little kids. <laughs> Perhaps laugh politely into a napkin. Smirking. <laughs> Don't smirk at the little buggers. Look They've at the got chubby one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fedso, there's a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah, that's not very nice. Well, how shall we change this obesity? Well, at my gym, or a gym that's near me, that mm -hmm. I went and looked at and decided wasn't good enough because of this reason, mm -hmm. they've got a Wii Fit area, right? To do Wii Fit down a gym? Yeah. That's <laughs> bad, isn't it? Yes, because Wii Fit isn't proper exercise, right. is it? We went on that Wii Fit once and it judged me to be old or something. Yeah. and You, you are too old. And after one time of playing it, you realise you can just sit down and do it. Do all of it. The tennis, wrist. you could do that by just p putting it in a roller skate and pulling it with a string. Uh, basketball, mash trap. <laughs> can all be done very easily. Or just move your wrist. Move but your like, wrist. That's, that's the future, isn't it? That's trying to get chubby kids to move about a bit. Yeah, encourage chubby kids by making them play Wii Fit. So you didn't go to that. You didn't subscribe to I've that, I walked gym. out in a huff. You huffed out of there, no. which is probably more exercise than it would have taken to do their entire regimen. Oh yes. No, I'm huffing all over the place nowadays. Would you like to just wee huff <laughs> out of here, sir? You can do it from this armchair <laughs> while stuffing yourself with cake. <laughs> yeah. Wee no, cake. No, there must be a... What should we do? Weren't you a chubby youngster? Oh, yeah, I was, as a matter of fact. Yeah, very How chubby. How you get skinny? What I did was to develop bulimia. <laughs> now, <laughs> which I don't recommend to anybody at all, but uh, it did, oh, the weight flew off. <laughs> and then uh, I passed the baton of mental diseases onto drug addiction, which also kept me quite thin. So, uh, so any fat kids listening? <laughs> well, why cry your tubby self to sleep? <laughs> yeah, no, so obviously I don't recommend either of those courses of action. I would say... To, like it's difficult though because when you're a tubby kid like I was a tubby kid you like my whole school hierarchy was built around being good at football and right. then lesser games after that what about but intelligence they don't care about that <laughs> at my school that's uh, if oh, that's the unwritten hierarchy I thought you meant the headmaster and everyone was in on it it's like everyone's in on it I think it was like Mr. like the, the teacher in charge of games he just look at you with absolute contempt if you were not good at football and I was not good at football well, and I was all tubby so there's no way in because if they, there needs to be look there needs to be PE for the kids that have got that natural flair at right. sports then there has to be a PE what I'd have been doing tubby kids Called PE colouring in <laughs> wheezing away with a note from mum lessons your tongue out <laughs> No, they've got to be able to do something else. Couldn't they do yoga or something non-competitive? Because I was just yeah, very that shy. Won't help. It will if it's vigorous Ashtanga yoga. Oh, I ain't going to make children do that. Okay, Matt. I'm going to bring out the big guns. <laughs> you want the chubby kids to lose weight? Why not have peculiar, suspicious-looking teachers? <laughs> Let's just call them to chase them across fields. <laughs> with no trousers on. Sweaty-palmed <laughs> teachers with a lust for the tubby child, chasing them up and down a sports field. Could you live in a house that was powered completely by fat kids on treadmills? 
against their will. If How? it was really warm and lovely and with the nicest house you could imagine. Hold on. These kids are not willingly participating. No, but... They don't want to be there. They're getting healthier and because they're losing weight. I think I'd do it. I yes. think I would as because well. Because the kid is for the good of... I'd say to them from while I was playing Wii Fit. <laughs> <laughs> Come I, on, lads. Keep going, the kids. on dim. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've lost one back here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Throw him into the mill. Grind him into a pulp and I can use him to heat my bathtub. I'll bathe in his blubber. Oh, that's yeah. a nice image. All these tubby kids. Have we lost that back here, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're sort of sweet Victorian kids. But if your house was powered like that, mm. then you'd probably be... Would you be better with power? Would you turn lights off thinking of the poor kids? Are they on shifts, these kids? Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, fair enough. They're on shifts. They do hour on, hour off. And they've got education. They've got tutors, these kids. And there's like a thing where if they want, they can put in some overtime and it'll charge a battery, give themselves an hour off in the morning. Have an hour off, son! Use your loaf, fatty! <laughs> <laughs> As a fat kid myself, I feel that I can say that now from a big smug tower of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, mm, yeah, I think well, we've solved that problem, haven't we, Matt? I think so. And I uh, you know, if we forward these to the government, these suggestions. I Imagine the whole country was run on for this kids. to be broadcast directly into David Cameron's tubby brain. Yes, I know you are, Stav, and it's all going head, dear. Good, I've been assured. And your warship has been purchased. <laughs> Boy who earns no money assures me that the warship Brandius <laughs> is docked even now at Tilbury, and David Cameron has got these images etched across his retina. Calls called, uh, oh, actually, this is interesting. Peapody, right? says, have you passed your driving test yet? I, was, I don't even know if you have. No, I'm still doing the lessons. I knocked over some bins. I... You had a crash. Oh, no, you weren't driving. Oh, that was Nick crashed a Lamborghini that we were only briefly borrowing. Spoiled it for everyone else. How long have you had it? Um, five minutes. Maybe six minutes. Five right. blocks. It was in New York City. <laughs> um, excuse me. Excuse my manners, mister. <laughs> Um, the people lend us this Lamborghini, said we would look after it, won't you? It was the VIP Lamborghini service. We drove five blocks in it, Nick Lennon crashed it. Well, you hadn't bought it. The thing, um, you just hired no, it? we just borrowed it. They didn't even charge us for it. They lent us it as a favour. They said, yeah, yeah, have it for the weekend. You know, you're doing the film, Arthur, in New York City. Enjoy yourself. The thing that's really bad about it, though, Matt, is I was in the passenger seat. Nick was driving. We're in New York. We were going about... Only put about 15, 20 miles an hour. Hmm. We'd only been in the car five minutes. And Nick was pulling out into the lane to the right of us. And I could see that there was a truck coming. And right. I could see that we were pulling. now you know a bit about driving. You were, doing, you were looking over your shoulder. I was being aware. I only had to glance. I was glancing into that mirror thing. I was mostly telling the truth. I was checking my eyebrows. Yeah. But while I was looking at my eyebrows, I saw a truck getting Still nearer. wild and bushy. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> you wild and bushy buckers. Nothing can stop us. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw the truck, and I thought, oh, look, Nick, Lynn in there. You just trusted him. He's driving into the path of this truck, but oh. he's driving, so perhaps he's got, he knows something I don't. Then he continued <laughs> to drive into the path of it, and I still thought, oh, he's going How much more. How was he driving? You had these thoughts at quite a sort of easy Remember pace. I, I'm a very quick thinker, but I was thinking, oh, 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 appear to be drifting oh, still. I must write a letter to Nick. <laughs> Dear Nick, have you ever considered... Perhaps traversing the road to the left a little more. Kind thoughts, <laughs> Russell. Like, and then, like, a few seconds later, the spokes of this Lamborghini we were in... Spokes? You were ripped off. That was a bike. <laughs> and it was very Our breezy. Our spokey-dokies fell off. 
I was ringing the bell, and the basket came off the front. <laughs> I very nearly fell off the stunt nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was ringing the bell like Billy Oaks. They got spoked wheels. You can see that sometimes on a posh race car. Spoky jokes. Yeah, go on. Do you remember them? They were good, weren't they? They really... They, when you went slowly, you went ding, dong, ding, as it went round. Yeah. Those little things that go on your spokes and your bike we're talking about. Spoky dokies. Some of them glowed in the dark, which used to worry me, because you'd think, well, why would a kid be riding his bike in the dark? Only if he was in trouble and he had to get home, or he was in E.T. Or if he was operating a treadmill at a Richmond's house, yes. trying to store up an hour's <laughs> worth of energy, and it was night time, so you do, we do not illuminate the treadmills. What was the point? That's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yes. So, uh, Matthew, remember when we done Live Earth, which I'm thinking about a lot lately, it sort of said, turn off the tap while you're cleaning your teeth. And like yeah, I do that now. You still do it? What do you mean, still? Well, it's worn off for you. It wore off a couple of days after. Oh, no, I feel You're bad. You're carried right on. Although, I do run the tap sometimes when I go to the toilet to cover the cover sound. The noise. To provide a white noise barrier yeah. between yeah. you and And I air. think a lot of people do that. And I think that's the thing that people cannot name. That's the shameful... Yeah, that's the ecological problem. Anyway, don't be ashamed of the noises you make. Stop running the tap when you go, because it's ruining the planet. Yeah. We'll all die. The planet will die because of people's shame. Because people are a bit embarrassed about blow-offs. A whole planet has been ruined. Yeah. If anyone can help us with a problem such as this, it's mighty boosh comedian <laughs> <laughs> Noel Fielding. <laughs> it is. Noel Fielding! Hello. <laughs> How are, How are you? you? No, no one even answers that call. It just got put through like a miracle of the Lord. <laughs> I have got that power. You are able to connect yourself telephonically, telepathically, televisually to anyone of your choosing. I know. I'm like telephone Jesus. Do you see me move about? I'm amazing. How are you? <laughs> I'm quite good. It's very nice to talk to you. This is the first time we've spoken in quite some time. Since when, I know that you've had an art exhibition, a haircut some very kind thoughts. What's it been like being you? <laughs> it's been okay. It's been all right here. It's been fun. I can't keep track of you. You're a Hollywood star now, aren't you? What's uh, happened for you? You got engaged, didn't you? I've become, Did you? I've become engaged to do a wedding. I, wow, congratulations. Uh, thank you, Noel. Thank you. I've given up the philanderer's lifestyle. Wow. I know. That's quite an achievement. Is How's that? Oh uh, Well, <clears throat> I like it because of the being in love. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because what do you do instead of sex with everyone else? <laughs> you have to take up reading and, you know, draw rabbits and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Draw. Get extra keys made for your bicycle. There's rabbits everywhere. My whole, my sheets are covered in rabbits. There's rabbits <laughs> on my pillow, rabbits on the ceiling. Just sketching rabbits. It's like Watership Down in your little front room. My front room's like Watership Down. The inside of me underpants is like Beatrix Potter's been sicking them. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's good. Are you happy? I think I am. Yes, I'm happier than I've ever been before. So that's good. I think that it's very nice to have that spiritual connection of a yeah. relationship. And that's it's beautiful. nice. To, you get bossed around, of course, by a woman. What about you? How is your? What are your marital affairs like? Um, I, uh, I've been seeing someone. That's good. It's going well, and uh, I've been doing a lot of work. I'm keeping my nose clean, keeping out of trouble. Do you want to talk about something more stupid and less? Personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's happening? Where are we? Is this going straight live out to Paris? 
we're backstage at a theatre in Newcastle where we're doing these radio show live events. Uh, the, the Tyne Newcastle Theatre, it's a relatively small theatre, and the, it, once a man, an actor, was killed on stage, Noel, when the theatre production, trying to achieve the effect of a thunderstorm, fired an actual cannonball and killed him. <laughs> That's not acceptable, is it? <laughs> It's not really a good special effect that the, the collateral damage is one of the actors. <laughs> I don't see how firing a cannonball into a man's face is going to cause a thunderstorm. <laughs> That's ill thought out. I mean, whose idea was that? It was, I, it stage was manager. Like, it was P.T. Barnum, one of the great impresarios of the day. <laughs> I mean, you have to be careful, don't you, when you're asking your stage manager for props. Because if you ask for a thunderstorm... Everyone knows you're going to get a cannonball in the muck. <laughs> in this scene, we require a thunderstorm. Oh, no, no, no. I think it was probably a nice day. And it was raining, just, just bubbles, mostly. And, and people were just gently cuddling one another. No, no, it calls for a thunderstorm. A mighty storm that will raise hell. Get the cannonballs! <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's brilliant. I like to imagine that he was fired out of a cannon. Uh, into a cannonball, a reversal. Whilst <laughs> <laughs> drawing rabbits, because he was in love. It was a very complicated stunt, uh, but it paid huge dividends, unless you were the actor in question, who lost his life as a result of what cannot really have been a very convincing thunderstorm. Because all it would have been is a very, very quick, loud noise. Yeah. That's it. That's not a whole storm, is it? No. Then a cannonball would have been... I mean, when you imagine a cannonball fight at someone, yeah, I imagine a strong man catching it in his stomach getting a little bit winded and then going about his business. So I don't imagine someone getting killed, but I yeah. suppose they are quite lethal, aren't they? I think we've learned, or he learned, the hard way. Yes, I always thought, yes, the circus strongman with his handlebar moustache and his leopard skin leotard would, as you say, catch it in his abdomen and then just, like, strike a pose and go, ho, 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 green giant, and that would be the end of the matter. But in this case, there's been a tragic loss. Some say, exactly. Noel that the ghost of that actor still stalks the stage. Have you got any tips on how to evade ghosts over the course of the evening? Wow, ghosts. Wow, that's amazing. I think if you put, uh, put some sort of ointment on your ankles, I yes. don't know, lard or something like that, anything, some sort of, uh, I don't know, a balm maybe. Cover yourself yeah. head to foot in a liquidy balm. A liquidy Damn, balm? Mm. Marmalade, oh, yes. but they don't like marmalade. Cover yourself in marmalade. No. Just put a waistcoat over the top of it. Brilliant. This is brilliant. Cover this whole self in uh, marmalade. Put uh, uh, some ointment and balm on the ankles. Possibly some tincture. Perhaps there is a tincture that can help repel these phantoms. And then I think we'll be safe. There is a, a, a climactic scene in our radio show live, though, Noel, which calls for a thunderstorm. And ironically, we do fire a live cannon. Oh, my God. That's amazing. We're sucking a locket because ghosts don't like coffee. They don't like cough cures. They don't like any cough cures. We are going to be full of lockets and tunes, fishermen's friends. I think we will be phantom-free for the whole evening. I no. like the idea of him being a traditional ghost, just a sheet with eye holes sort of milling about, <laughs> with, a ca with a cannonball tear in the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, to tell you the truth, Noel, I'm almost ashamed to admit this, but I, I find that image of a traditional ghost with a torn sheet sexually arousing. Yeah, me too. I'd put my hand through that hole. 
with your hands. I would leap through that hole, hole like a police dog, I imagine. <laughs> if, like even to... if it was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of it as a glory hole to the uh, unknown. <laughs> a glory hole to the paranormal, the world of the paranormal. That's nice. Stick wow, your traditional... privates into the paranormal and get the ghost <laughs> job of your life. <laughs> Fingering a traditional ghost's glory hole <laughs> that's covered in fire. Amazing. <laughs> that would be beautiful. And there he is, Noel Fielding, saying the sentence, a traditional ghost's glory hole covered in fire. Only seven <laughs> minutes ago, he was just living his normal life, which probably was pretty similar to that. Then he connected himself to us. None of us know how that happened. Noel... That is you, Noel, isn't it? And not the ghost of that actor. Wow. This is the whole thing, isn't it? Ghosts can't operate telephones, Russell. They can't pick them up. I was being bloody silly then. Thank you very much. It it took you to smash me back to reality. Thank heavens. (laughs) Noel, thank you very much. I'll give you a real phone call because I'm in England for a bit and perhaps we could meet up and stare at each other. That would be most lovely. Or you could just choose to call me whenever you want and put phone calls directly through to my brain. I can do that. <laughs> it's a great gift. Cheers, Noel. Good talking bye, to you. Bye. Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thank you very much, G. Let's hear your poem, sir. <laughs> okay, his poem's called Who Are You Gonna Call? <laughs> new show, new town, new daughters, new key brown, where angels of the north plead for demonized clowns, exchanging spuds for computers, ghosts of boob jobs for futures, where Noel's kind thoughts thunder forth for a cannonball shooter. See copper pipes shining bright through the fog of the time, and with our tubby kid tips, we'll be chasing the rabbits of the mind. You Woo. beautiful bastard. What a poem. Well done. Brilliant poem, Mr. G. Thanks for listening. This has been a Russell Brand broadcast on Talk Sport. Thank you very much. Woo.